0: I'm pulling on my driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for their drive to work. Okay, so today is my origin story. Um, I often, when I talk about getting my job at Wizards, usually the, the short version is, I was up at Wizards because I was freelancing. Um, I said to Mike Davis, who was the head of R&D at the time, um, I'd be willing to move up here. And he said, when can you start? That's the story I tell. Um, and all that all that is true. But there's a lot more to it. So today I thought I would sort of walk through the elongated version of how I got to work at Wizards in my early day at Wizards. Because um, it's a lot more complicated than that. I, I think sometimes when you want to make pithy a pithy story, you know, you tell the abbreviated version. But but I thought today I would tell the, the non-abbreviated version. Okay, so just a little context before we get to that scene with Mike Davis. Um, so basically what happened was... Magic comes out in, I don't know, July, uh, July, August of 1993. It, it was at, I guess August is when it first came out to be, to be purchased at Gen Con. So let's say August of 1993. Anyway, uh, I was working at a game store part-time. Um, my writing was in a rough spot and I was just going stir crazy. Um, so I started working at uh, the Gamekeeper was the name, which is they'd buy them, um, so anyway, the, the, the short version of, of the early part of this, since we're really getting to me getting hired, uh, is I hear people come into the game store and ask about the game. We don't have the game. I'd never heard of the game. Uh, I then manage to see it at Comic-Con. Some, uh, n- there's nothing for sale at Comic-Con, but I find someone who owns a deck, and I'm able to look at the Magic cards for the first time. Uh, and then, not too many weeks later, there's a convention in Los Angeles, a game convention. I keep saying Orcon, but there's like three different ones. It was one of those. It was the, the Labor Day, you know, the Labor Day one. Um, anyway, for the first time ever, I'm able to actually purchase Magic cards. Um, I get hooked pretty quickly. I end up buying a whole bunch of beta booster boxes and starter boxes. Uh, so I could sell packs to my friends, so I have people to play with. Uh, none of that goes particularly well. Uh, but anyway I I get in magic very early I get very excited um I slowly find other people to play with um anyway and I become magic becomes a big part of of what I do um I'd always been a game a fan of games but magic really something about magic really hit me and I really I loved magic and I, I played it um usually uh on Friday night there was a store that had a magic thing and on Saturday during the day was the Coastal Mesa's Women's Center so there were events that I would play on Fridays and Saturdays usually um Anyway, so cut to um, early in 1994. Uh, I'm about to go on a a date. It's my first date with a girl that I was wild about, not the person I ended up with. Um, But anybody, anyway, I got there early because I I have a tendency to get places early when I'm, I don't quite know how long it'll take to get there. Uh, And I just purchased The Duelist, the very first magazine. I had just seen it in the game store, I think. Uh, And while I was waiting for my blind date to show up, I read The Duelist. Um, and my takeaway from the Duelist was that I was really excited to have content about Magic, but it was pretty basic. It wasn't—there wasn't a lot in there for a, a slightly more advanced player. And at this point, I had been playing a lot, you know, I mean, whatever, for six months. But, I mean, I had been playing a lot and very invested. Um, and so I um, run into—I think it was Steve Bishop at one of the local game conventions in, uh, in um, Los Angeles— uh, so there was, there's three of them during the year. Um, so anyway, I say hello to him. And, and um, I think I, I mentioned the idea to him of I think that there could be more advanced content. And he says to me, well, the editor-in-chief is named Catherine Haynes. Let her know. She's the person to talk about. So I come up with the idea for my puzzle column. I mail it in. Um, I, I think I mail like three puzzles and I mail it in. And then I just don't hear from them uh, for a while, a couple months. I eventually call to figure out, like, oh, okay. And I get Catherine on the phone. And she's like, oh, yeah, those were great. They're going in the next issue. Like, no one had ever told me. They, They just decided to publish them. Um... And they ended up just doing one in the first issue. But anyway, it was in, like, issue one and a half, the, the duel supplement, I think it was called. They, they, the duels was having, issue, having problems getting the issue out, and so they did a miniature version of the duels in between issue one and issue two. And that's when um, Magic the Puzzling premieres. So anyway, um, I, enjoy, I enjoy doing the puzzles. I want to do more than just the puzzles. So I go to Gen Con in 1994, try to convince Catherine to let me do more. Uh, I meet her, she's like, hey, do whatever, you know, pitch me ideas. You pitch me an idea, you know, I like it, I'll let you do it. Um, And one of the ideas I pitched then and there on the spot was um, covering the World Championship, which was that weekend that I had played in. Anyway, I end up on to go up to cover the World Championship, that's its own story. Um, And I start doing work for the duelists. And then what happens is I know magic, I'm a good writer, I turn things on deadline. Uh, other parts of the company start having interest. And so uh, I write, I'm writing stuff for international. I'm writing stuff, uh, beginner stuff I'm writing a lot of. I'm writing stuff for R&D. I'm writing stuff for the magazine. I'm doing stuff for Magic Brand. I'm do- so at some point, I'm, I'm literally doing a project for seven different parts of the company. Um, and that's when, that's the reason they started bring me up. I, I came up a couple times because I was just working on different projects, um, so anyway, now we get to the beginning of, of the official story here. Um, so I am up at Wizards working on w- one of the projects they wanted me to come up for. So I'm, I, I'm up. I'm in the Wizards office. So this is the old office, the old, old offices. Um, so when we first were... So the, our current building, um, we've been there for, I don't know, 16, 17, 18 years, something like that. Before that, we were across the street um, and we were in that building. So I guess this building must be like 1617, because we were across the street for 10 years. And then before that, we were in another building, which is the building I started in, which was also in rent. It wasn't far away, but it was a couple blocks away from where the, the current um, offices are. Anyway, uh, it was in that old, old office. The, the, um, basically, the very first office, if you will, um, when the company started, they were in Peter's basement. And then once they got in an actual office, this, this first office was that office. Um, so that's when I, when I went to visit, it was that office. Um, and at the time, um, my Hollywood career was not going great. Um, the, the the agent that, that had helped get me my Roseanne job had decided she didn't want to be an agent. Uh, she had passed me down to the agent she worked with. That agent decided that she didn't want me. And I, 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 ended up getting passed from agent to agent for a while and I ended up with an agent that, like, wasn't really in, even interested in having me as an agent. I'm sorry, having me as our agent. So not not a great place to be. Um, and anyway, I was really enjoying my work with Magic. And so um, when I was up, I think what happened was that there was talk about how they were hiring people. Because Magic was just going through... So this is... Um, we're talking 95. So we're talking... I don't know, the spring of 95, maybe spring or early summer of 1995. Um, and then what they're saying was that magic was growing so fast that they just needed more people. Um, and so what happened was I said to Mike Davis, this is the the quote where I go, Oh, well, Mike, uh, I actually think what I said is I might be willing to move up here. I think it's what I said, the actual technical. Um, and Mike says, when can you start? Uh, so basically it's sort of like, okay, I, I, uh, i express interest and mike was you know so mike and i then went on a walk um so and mike sort of said to me that you know um they were looking for more people obviously a lot of people said really nice things about me you know they were they were definitely very interested in me but that's the talk where i had said to him that my ultimate goal was to be a game designer and what he said to me is look we don't have I mean Richard Garfield is our game designer we don't need a game designer we need game developers uh, and I said you know um, I, I said let me, let, me, let me think about it um, so, the, so here's the big thing even though I was like in the moment really sort of okay I'll move up here there actually were some doubts I wasn't like, I had planned to go to Hollywood, you know, write for television, and that, that, was, that was the career I had planned for myself. And while there were hiccups, I had had some successes. Like, it wasn't, you know, I, I, I mean, I did have an agent. It wasn't my favorite agent, but I did have an agent. And, um, and I was still writing, and I was still, you know, like, it, it's very easy to sort of, like, Hollywood is very hot and cold, but just because you're cold doesn't mean you can't get hot again. And so I was a bit torn. Like, you know, did I want to change everything and move up to Seattle to start working for a game company? Now, the idea was exciting. I, I, I really, really loved Magic. And I had been sort of an amateur game designer for quite a while. So uh, another part of the story that doesn't get talked a lot is um, I grew up playing games. And I really liked making games. In fact, um, I went to Las Vegas. Uh, there's a thing called the Game Inventors Association or something. And they had an event in Las Vegas. And I went there. And they, you know, had, they had all these seminars about how to make a game and this and that. And you know, I none of the games I'd made had gone anywhere. I hadn't got to the point where anyone wanted to publish them or anything. But I, I had enjoyed making them. It was fun. I liked like game design was a hobby. And so the idea of my hobby becoming a career was exciting. I was very excited by it. But in the same sense, it was scary in that. I had mapped out what I was doing, and I I loved television, by the way. I loved writing. I loved television. I really wanted to create my own television shows. That really was my dream. Um, So part of this whole thing was, you know, switching up your dream, if you will. Like, not that the new thing didn't sound exciting, but it meant giving up something that I really had dedicated a lot of time and energy to. And was that okay? Did I want to do that? So I was a bit torn. I know in my sort of short version of stories, like I knew I wanted it and boom, but the actual answer was I was not sure. So I went and talked to my friends, uh, and what happened was my friends kind of fell into two categories. Uh, I had my friends that, uh, mostly friends from college that lived in Los Angeles, but I I'd met a few other people, but sort of my LA friends that um, are people that I got to know from my jobs or from college or you know, just people I knew through different means. Then there was my magic friends. I made a lot of friends playing magic. Um, you know, the, I'd, most Saturdays I went to the Costa Mesa Women's Center. The same people were there. I really got to know them. We became very friendly. Um, that, you know, uh, I actually, I knew Henry Stern prior to that. But Henry and I used to go down a lot together. Um, and I met a whole bunch of people. Like I really had a the, the series of friends. So I would talk to my sort of Los Angeles friends that were connected to magic. And they were all like what are you doing what is this upstart game like moving to seattle your dream is to write television like what are you doing you're leaving like your dream is here what are you doing why are you leaving and then my magic friends were like when can you start obviously of course of course you want to work on magic that's amazing um and so i got really mixed messages uh and i did a lot of soul searching and what i finally decided was that just because i went and tried out games didn't mean I forever gave up on writing. I was like, you know what? This will be an awesome experience. And it'll be something that, like, you know, uh, in my I wrote an article once about life lessons and talks about how you don't regret things that don't work out, but you do regret things that you don't try. And I'm like, this seemed like a cool thing. And, like, I actually, I, I was dead honest when I started to go work for Magic. If you had told me this is your lifelong career, I don't think I really, like... Like, it's a game, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I understood magic was the hot thing at the time, but I, I, at the time, really didn't think it was going to be my my career for life. That that was not... When I first took the job, I did not think that. What I thought was, hey, I cooled off in Hollywood, things are going great. If I leave and come back three, four years later, okay, but I, I, I'll still be cold, you know, but at least I'll I have this experience. I'll do something that's a little bit different. And so I ended up deciding to do it just because... Um, it was kind of like I, I knew I'd regret if I didn't try it, and so that was really the thing. And I was—I think that I was at a point in my career down in LA where I was frustrated, and this just seemed like something very exciting. So um, I decided that I should try. There's something that you know. There's something about it that was really exciting to me. Like I said, I truly loved magic. I loved uh, I loved game design. I mean, even if I wasn't hired as a game designer, I, I said, well. You know, once I'm there, once I'm inside, you know, I'll, I'll demonstrate what I can do. Because uh, I knew I had the game design qualities within me. I mean, I'd done a lot of um, amateur game design. Um, so anyway, so I call up Mike Davis uh, and I say, okay, I'm, I'm in. Um, and then, I don't know, a couple months go by. So the next time I get flown somewhere by Wizards was in 1995. That summer was the 1995 World Championship. The previous one, in 1994, had been at um, Gen Con, but this time they decided they wanted to be at its own event. So it was at the Red Lion Hotel near the airport, um, and it was a standalone thing. And for the first time, I mean, the 1994 did have people that traveled. Um, In fact, in the top four, three of the top four were from Europe. So there were definitely, um, there had been some nationals in 1994. Obviously, the U.S. had nationals a Bobel one. Um, But there was, I think, a French Nationals and a Belgian Nationals, I think. Um, Maybe there are one or two more that I'm not remembering. Um, But anyway, uh, this year, there were, I think, 18 countries-sent teams. I might be off by a little bit, but around 18. Um, And it was a big deal. Like, we were the whole event. And they brought me up. Um, I had done... So what had happened was, when I started writing for The Duelist... I was because I, advanced, I needed advanced information because I was doing puzzles on cards that weren't out yet. I wasn't allowed to compete in events, so I started running events. So I started judging, um, and so I, I don't know. They, I'm not sure exactly how I got flown there, but I got flown there, um, uh, and I, I judged the events. So I was one of the judges. They brought in. In fact. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen pictures of the event, but in the on the finals on the stage, the final day, I was the spotter on the stage. I was the person talking to the director, sort of telling them where to go and what to do. Um, and that would be kind of the precursor of me getting very involved into doing the video. But anyway, separate, once again, another story. Um, and when I'm there, I get to see Mike Davis because I'm everybody from Wizards is there, and I'm like, "Hey, Mike, what's what's going on?" I said yes months ago. Um, and he says, well, so here's what's going on. Um, once it became known that you were interested in working, that you were willing to work at Wizards, um, obviously R&D was interested, but also the Duelist was interested and Magic Brand team was interested because I had worked with all those teams during my freelance time. Um, and he goes, well, we're, we're trying to hammer out, you know, we're trying to figure out who should be hiring you. Now, as a little side note, uh, I've never worked in HR. Uh, but probably if you are... Uh, I'm not sure he was telling me things he was supposed to be telling me. Um, but anyway, eventually they uh, we, it was decided... I don't know whether I decided R&D or they decided r and D. I I think maybe what happened is he asked me what I wanted. And I think I said I was most interested in r and D. I I think it's what happened. So they, they did give me some input of, of what I wanted. Um, but I think the deal they struck was that I was going to be... In R and D, but I would be the R and D liaison to the duelist, um, and so I would work. I was the R and D person that worked with the duelist. Obviously, that would later lead to me becoming editor in chief. And anyway, but I, I, when I was hired, my relationship with the duelist was intertwined into my hiring. Um, and then what happened was, um, uh, so I, I, I did because I knew it was coming and I had some time. Uh, basically, the way it worked was your health insurance kicked in the, the first of the month after you started. So I decided to start at the uh, Basically, they said I could come start in September. And I'm like, well, if my health insurance kicks in the first of the month, then I should start the day before that, right? Um, but the day before that was Halloween and I wanted to be there for Halloween. So I, I said I would start on the 30th. So October 30th, 1995 was my official start date. Um, one of the funny things, by the way, is because I knew that they were really interested in me, Um, I went to somebody who did negotiating for, like, um, for jobs. And what they said to me, the advice they gave to me was, uh, salary is very tricky to negotiate, but a lot of other things are a lot more willing to give you. So instead of fighting too hard for your salary, instead ask for other things that will have other value. So one of the things I asked for was I wanted my start date to be January 1st for all benefits. Um... And that ended up proving to be very valuable for me because we later got stock. and you know, Anyway, a, a cool choice. But anyway, the only way they knew how to do that was in their computer, their HR computer. They just put my start date as January 1st. So in the official computer, my sort of official start date is January 1st, which makes me currently the longest Wizards employee. They're employees that worked at... Um, TSR that still work at, like, Don Mirren, for example, that still still work at Wizards, so their continual time, including TSR, is longer. But, um, if you count January 1st, I am the longest, sort of, employed at Wizards employee. But, the reality, uh, Charlie Coutinho started in February, so he actually is the longest. I'm only on record the longest, which is a weird, quirky thing. Anyway, um, so I started on October 30th. So I get there, and it turns out that, uh, they don't have a desk for me. And the reason they don't have a desk for me is we're going to be moving to the new, the new site, that are now our old site, any day, any day. Uh, and so um, the last desk, um, um, Bill, Bill uh, Rose, who had started three weeks before me, and he was good friends with Joel Mick, who worked there. Um, Joel Mick was the head designer, I think, at the time. Anyway, Joel had saved a desk for Bill, uh, and so when i started and then shortly after me william jocker started there was no desk for me or william so what they said is look we're moving any day now you know it's just we're, we're not going to move everybody around for a couple you know, for a week so um anybody when anybody's not there you can sign you had to sign in for your i could sit down at anybody's desk sign in as me and then i'd reach my stuff on the computer and so they're like well just use anybody's desk when they're not using it so i was a little bit of a desk nomad um, now, the interesting thing was any day now ended up being about two months um, that we we didn't end up moving. <coughs> um, well, I guess we moved sometime in December, so maybe six weeks, maybe. Um, so I sort of had no desk for a while. And then finally we got to the new office and I had a desk, but I had no chair for like a week. So I always joked that I needed to be more specific when I said I needed a desk. Um, so anyway, the... Uh, so I get, I get officially hired they say yes so they uh, they paid for moving um, so what happened was I had my mom um, my mom flew out because I had to drive up so they came and did all the moving so I didn't have to move anything movers came and got my stuff but I didn't need to drive up I had my car I needed to get my car up there and so um, my mom flew out and so we drove we drove from Los Angeles to Seattle we did it in two days I mean it's it's a little bit long for a one day trip and we decided to be a little leisurely about it and we stopped and you know had dinner and so we, we made it a two day trip. So the interesting thing is when we get to Seattle, it's like ten at night, uh, and I say to my mom, uh, "Do you want to go see the office? Do you want to go meet everybody?" And my mom was like, "It's ten at night. No one's going to be there." I'm like, "Oh no, no, the R and D people will be there." And my mom's like, "Really?" So we pull in at ten at night. We walk in. All of R and D is there. Because um, back in the day, for those who don't know, um, R and D pretty much were people hired from elsewhere. Early on, it was... Like, the first hires were people that were alpha tufters, um, Scaff Elias, Jim Lynn, Dave Petty, Joel Mick. All people that had played Magic. Now, Bill had been an alpha tufter, but he had been working, like, running a chem lab, so he couldn't quite leave quite as quickly. Um, but anyway, the second wave, which was me and Bill and William Jockish and Mike Elliott and, a little bit later, Henry Stern, um, were all people that... Um, other than Bill, that they had met who had shown interest in magic that had, um, you know, that they, they'd been impressed by. And so, the next wave for people that didn't start on magic but had become, you know, into magic very early on and then had met somebody from R&D, basically, is how it worked. Like, I think Mike had met Joel down at a convention in Arizona, I think. And, um, William, I think somehow knew Richard, maybe, because um, William was a mathematician. Um, anyway, we, different connections. People knew people. I, I got in through my, you know, freelancing through the duelists and stuff. Um, so, anyway, we get in, and um, they're there. So, one of the things about early Magic was this crew, like, we were, like, our friends were each other, and we were all really into gaming. So, we would work basically every every night, uh, and then we would, you know, at nighttime, we'd play games. Usually, we'd all go out to dinner together. Um... Yeah, one of the stories is when I start, first started dating Laura, she was over at my place, and she went to the refrigerator because she was hungry, and she opened it up, and it was literally empty. There was nothing in my refrigerator, and she's like, "What? what's going on? I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't eat here, because um, at the time, R&D would go out for lunch and go out for dinner, and so like I, every meal was out, probably not the healthiest for me, but anyway, um, so early on, the early life of R&D was we just spent all our time together. Now... At night, we do—I've I, 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 I had podcasts talking about this. Like, some of the time, we play games. Richard would introduce us to all sorts of games, German games, lots of different games we'd never played. Um, and then, sometimes we just do things. Uh, I think I told the story in my other podcast about we used to play this uh, game on the wheelie chairs. There's a giant room that was empty that was meant for all hands, but at the time, there was nobody in it. And so we would get on our wheelie chairs and get um, hockey sticks and play this version of hockey where you ran around on a wheelie chair playing hockey indoors. Um, anyway, we would do a lot of fun stuff like that. Um, okay, so the, the the ending of my story, because I'm not too far from work, uh, is so I get there and I really, really am having a great time. I'm, I, I'm, you know, I've been a little bit hesitant, but I really am embracing and having a fun time. And um, I'm working on magic and I'm working on other things too, just because... Uh, back in the day, Wizards, th- there was a lot more games being made than just Magic. Uh, and I was working lot. I mean, Magic was my priority, and I did most of my time was on Magic. But I, I was working on other things as well. Anyway, so one, uh, so I started in October. So in the middle of December, I believe. Uh, it was on a Wednesday, because we call it Black Wednesday. Um, so at the time, the, uh, R- uh, not R&D, uh, Magic, not Magic, Wizards had been divided into two teams. Basically, I think they called it like Team 1 and Team 2. So Team 1 was magic, uh, and Team 2 was not magic. So we made a bunch of role-playing games. We did a whole bunch of things at the time. Role-playing was probably the biggest thing of it. But we, we did magic and a bunch of things that weren't magic. Because before um, Wizards was, a, was the magic company, it was a role-playing game company. So they made, um, you know, Talis and they, they made a bunch of different things. Um, so anyway, there was a meeting... Uh, and then we divided it into our groups. There was a type one group meeting and a type two group meeting. Um, our meeting was basically them explaining that there was going to be some layoffs and that Wizards had decided to get out of the role playing um, business. Obviously, years later, it would buy uh, Dungeons Dragons and get back into it. But um, so, mostly what was happening was the vast majority of the company uh, that wasn't magic, most of the departments weren't magic, were shutting down. Um, now, uh, what happened in the other meeting was that was the group two meeting. Now, uh, Catherine Haynes, who ran the duelist, didn't get along with the main guy that ran magic. So she convinced him to put her group into group two. So group two was non-magic plus the duelist people. So when they made the announcement in the other room, it's sort of like, we've really bad news. This entire group is getting laid off. Oh, Oh, except the duelist people. Uh, and Catherine said it was like one of the most uncomfortable things she's ever experienced in her life. Um, but anyway, so there's this massive layoffs, um, and it was very scary because, you know, six weeks earlier I just I had left everything to cut, you know start working at Wizards. Um, now it turns out that magic was, you know, magic was, no one was cutting anything in magic. Magic was doing just fine, um, but it was, it was really scary. You know, what I'm saying like that. The, it was when I first got hired within six weeks right before before 1995 was even over half the company or a good chunk of the company I'm not sure exact numbers but a good chunk of the company got let go and it was it was definitely um, rough Um, and I think I think what had happened was Bill and William and I got hired in October and then Mike Elliott got hired in January of 1996 Uh, and then the four of us Uh, For a good chunk of time, like, we were the Magic team. We were the—there were other members of R&D. Mostly they were working on other things. Um, Some—I mean, each of them contributed somewhat to Magic. Uh, And obviously, after the layoffs, they did a little bit more on Magic. Although, the one thing we were still doing was um, other—we were making other games, not role-playing games, but we were making— the Great Del Moody type stuff. We were, were still making some of that, and we were working on other trading card games. Uh, you know, um, early on there was uh, it was called Jihad originally, and then Vampire: The Eternal Struggle, and then uh, um, BattleTech, and there there are a bunch of trading card games. So we were still making trading card games, and we we're still making some board games. Um, but anyway. Uh, Bill and William and Mike and I were kind of like the four magic people. And we were the development teams for every magic set for a while. So um, starting with Mirage, the four of us were the... So we did Mirage. We did... uh, What was after Mirage? Was uh, Visions. We did Visions. We did Weatherlight. We did Tempest. Um, Starting... uh, William... uh, uh, William... Henry Stern would get hired um, the following summer... And so, um, in 90, was it 96? Anyway, William got hired, not William, Henry got hired a little bit later, but for, and then for a while, the five of us were, were the team. So, um, that was kind of early magic. I did do a whole podcast on, um, I talked about, I did a podcast on wave one, which was Scaff and Jim and people. And then I did a podcast on wave two, which was me and William and, and Mike and stuff. And so, and Bill and, Anyway, there's the old old podcast. I did a bunch of R and D podcasts way back in the day. Um, But anyway, that was my experience. That was my uh, early magic. And so, the one of the reasons I wanted to sort of give the longer version of the story is, I I think sometimes uh, I make it sound as if there was no drama or everything went smoothly, or if you know. um, And it turns out there was a lot of moving pieces and a lot going on. Um, and even my decision to come to Wizards was an honest, real, like, I really had to think about it. It it wasn't, um, I mean, the funny thing is looking back now, like, with, you know, 2020 hindsight, um, obviously it's the right call. Like, 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 it's very easy now to see, oh, you know, how is this not so easy? But I do understand where I was at the time, and that, um... You know, when you plan out your life and you really think something like you, you sort of imagine what's going to be and you plot things out, and when you end up, your life sort of takes a detour. It's very easy; it's disconcerting, and I, you know, so I, I just I mean, this is sort of my little life lesson for people here, which is, hey, it's great to have an idea of where your life's going to go. You know, it's wonderful to plan and plot and have a sense. You know, it, it, that's a good thing to do. But hey, sometimes life throws curveballs at you, and you know, don't not take an interesting opportunity just because it isn't what you planned. Um, and that was fundamentally, I think actually, uh, once again, I, di- I did a article on life lessons. I've done a couple of them. Um, but one of the life lessons talked about this lesson where, you know, I was really torn and that I kind of leaned into the idea of let's try this. You know, let's, let's give this a shot. That if it turned like... If I had gone to wizards and you know maybe magic had been a little more flash in the pan and I worked there for a couple years and then okay that's it that job's done and I went back to LA then okay I would have tried to get back into writing and stuff and you know like I like that could have been a a fun experience of my life and it could have been this little thing that just sort of something that I did something that shaped me right Um, and and also it could be this lifelong thing which is what it turned out to be so you know uh, it, it is funny looking back of. I mean, once again, the fact that I would meet the woman I would fall in love with and, you know, and just have the job that I have and become head designer, you know. Um, like, I, I often think back to the the walk with Mike Davis, where Mike Davis is like, we don't need game designers, you want to be a game developer. Um, you know, it, it, very, it used to me to go, no, 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 game designer nothing, you know, it, it, it's funny. Um, anyway, so that, my friends, is my, my origin story, how I came to work at Wizards, sort of the long-evolved version of it. Um... Anyway, I hope, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Like I said, it's... Um, it's fun looking back and thinking about the early days. Like, it's... It really... Like, for example, when I say that Magic was the four of us, I mean, it's not that other people didn't, you know, lend a hand. If you were in R&D, yeah, you did a little bit of Magic. Um, but as far as, like, there were full-time, there were four people in R&D. Now, there were other people full-time because, like, Studio X is not just R&D, you know, not just design development, but, um, you know, editing and production and layout and lots and lots of different departments. So, there were definitely dedicated people back in the day. But, you know, if I counted all the people that were full-time magic back in the day, you know, that made magic, it was a handful, you know, it was not, you know, it was 30, 40 people maybe that were full-time and now Studio X is hundreds of people Um, and that's just tabletop magic. That's not even digital magic, you know. Um, So, it, it is... It is very interesting sometimes. Um, one of the things that happens is we'll have all hands or something. And someone will say, you know, just five years ago, uh, you know, it was like this. And I go, well, 27 years ago, it was this. So it's funny to see how far, how, how far things have come. But anyway, guys, I'm, not, I'm literally parking in the parking lot. So I hope today's story was interesting for you. Um, it was fun sort of going back and reminiscing. But as I'm here, uh, we all know what that means. Means this is the end of my drive to work. So instead of talking magic, it's time for me to make it magic. I'll see you guys next time. Bye bye.